The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to another edition of Friday Night Live with me, Hafi Shaban, on this Friday evening on the 13th of December. 2019 corresponding to the 15th of uh, Rabi'u Thani 1441 as usual we're broadcasting uh, live uh, to Luton on 105.1 FM also broadcasting live to our sister stations nationally Shafia Link FM uh, Peterborough Salam Derby Nottingham and of course you can also tune in to us via the Inspire FM app and also live stream on uh, Facebook by Inspire FM Facebook stream uh, so do tune in today, uh, join today's discussion and getting involved. Uh, very, very interesting topics that we've got lined up for you. We want to get your thoughts and your reactions and your your passions and your, your thoughts on what's been happening UK-wide. And, and I'm sure you know the topic that I'm referring to already, 01582. 01582 481822 is the number here in the studio. 0779-0779-481822 is the number for your uh, SMS messages, your WhatsApp messages for those of you that want to send in your SMS and WhatsApp. But you know what? I really want to hear from you today, especially in the first hour because we're going to be discussing, you guessed it, the UK election results. UK election results. And mashallah, I've got a good lineup in the studio with me. And uh, you know what? We want to have a good, interesting discussion. What happened? All right. What happened? Are you surprised? Or is it exactly as you expected, right? Uh, so I, I want to get your, I want to get your thoughts. I want to hear locally, regionally. Let's get opinions from uh, from Luton, Bedfordshire, and some of the other cities that we're covering. Uh, but let's also get a, a national, you know, you know, perspective on things. Let's look at things nationally. Let's look at things, you know, what's happened overall as a country, as opposed to just regionally too. And let's get, let's get some analysis. Let's get some feedback. Let's get some thoughts. And, and let's hear from you, our listeners. Are you at all surprised by the election results? Right, so in addition to the election results, we're also going to be discuss, uh, discussing a number of other stories. So we're going to be discuss, I'm, I'm going to be covering uh, news stories uh, in the second hour of the show. We're going to be looking at Aung uh, San Suu's also been in the in the Hague, right? So she's been held account to uh, held account to, to explain the case of the Rohingya genocide. Uh, so we're going to be we're going to discussing that. Uh, there's been a number of other couple of the news stories. We will pick those up, but we're going to be in particularly looking at India. Uh, and the Indian record on, on women, right? So rape after rape, but nothing ever seems to change in the Indian system. The long delay in the broken court system ensures that justice is delayed, is justice denied. So we're going to be discussing with a member of parliament from India on the latest you know, set of stories that have broken out in Indian press with regards to a number of rape stories, high profile stories in India. We're going to be covering that, discussing that with the, the member of parliament. And then last but not least, we're going to be getting an update on a very tragic story that we've covered earlier uh, a couple of months uh, a couple of weeks if not months ago and that was the tragic case of the drowned Bury schoolgirl Shukri Abdi you might remember that case right uh, Shukri Abdi was uh, subject to what a lot what her family and friends you know claim uh, was a lot of bullying at school and it could have been prevented which led to a tragic you know a tragic loss of life but anyway there's been a pre-inquest hearing at the Rochdale 
sale coroners caught it uh, you know a couple of days ago i'm going to be we're going to be getting an update with regards to what's the latest with that case uh, and also hearing from uh, family uh, representatives uh, and also from uh, one of the activists uh, that's going to be g- giving us an update on that particular case so that's that's going to get those are the stories we're going to be covering in the second hour of the show but the first hour of the show i think we're all set in the studio to cover the uk election results Right, so so let me introduce to you my panelists in the in the studio with me. Inshallah, Allah, they're going to be hopefully co- you know sharing uh, the airwaves with me for the next half an hour, if not if not longer. Uh, so we've got no stranger to the, to uh, Inspire FM. We've got Brother Zafar Iqbal. Assalamualaikum, Brother Zafar. Waalaikum salam. Right, we've got I'm going to uh, introduce uh, Sister Rihanna. Then we've got Sister Rihanna and Mike Five. Mashallah. Assalamualaikum, Amaya. Ra- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we've got a uh, brother, uh, Basit Khan. Right, so Basit Khan's a bit of a stranger to me but i'm sure he's not a stranger to the rest of the panelists uh, that are here in the, in the studio right uh, so before i open up the, f- the floor uh, to start discussing the uk election results right so uh, a lot of obviously analysis overnight a lot of analysis today in the papers uh, a lot of people are saying is is probably a result that they were expecting others are obviously giving their perspectives uh, we'll discuss the regional element and, and the regional results are, are probably no surprises here locally and then we'll also look at, look at the, the national results, right? Uh, and, and the trend that we're seeing. Is this something which is a, a more of a, a, a trend that's following Europe and following America, like some other people are saying? Or is it something that's just been a response and a fatigue and a result of the Brexit, you know, uh, you know kind of crisis that we've had for the last couple of years, right? But, Brother, uh, bro- brother Zafar, let me go back, go to you first and foremost, right? So... You've been covering and you've been following, you know, the last couple of weeks, the elections and the build up to the elections. Let me ask you firstly, the, the majority that conservatives have won and the result, has that been a surprise to you? Uh, yes, it has. To be honest, I think the polls were predicting it for, for many, many months. Uh, and, and to be honest, I I, I thought I, I don't believe the polls, to be honest. I think there, there was a little bit of a last time, um, you know, a little bit of a, a dip in the, in the poll sort of uh, numbers just before the election. Mm. And I thought the same thing was going to happen. I think Labour did try to close the gap in the last uh, f- a few days, a few weeks. Yeah. They started off from a low position, to be honest. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, uh, the Conservatives played a... Uh, I guess played uh, their particular strategy really well uh, and, and they're focused on Brexit and I think for the last three or four months even perhaps a year yeah. uh, this debacle in Parliament uh, a hung Parliament uh, wasn't something that, that in my opinion the voters were looking forward to again uh, so I think they successfully played on that and managed to get out the votes uh, for the for the people who are uh, pro-Brexit, mm. uh, really, and I think mm. it's, it's, it's been a Brexit election as far as I'm concerned, people. Yeah. All right, so you've touched on, on a number of points. We'll come, up, uh, come back to those points. Uh, Sister Rihanna, surprised? Um, dismayed, I think, is probably, probably the word that I use. I yeah. think... Um, there was um, a potential in these lessons, in, in, the, in this election for, for something um, new, um, a different way of doing politics. Um, I, mean, I think it, that there may have been. I think there may have been hope, but I think you know, as Brother Zafar said. I think we were looking at the the polls. We were looking at the mood in the country, mm. um, and it's not been a. It's been a more of a disappointment. I says for me than a su- surprise. Right, Abbasid. Right, uh, 
local policy, uh, politics analyst, uh, 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 the brief that I've been given, really? right? <laughs> I, I mean, okay, you know, I mean, in, in the build-up, they were saying these, these are very historical elections. It's, it's, it's an opportunity to almost, you know, uh, you know, you know, make a statement, right? But the last couple of weeks and, and months and even years, it's just been Brexit fatigue, right? And here's a party that is promising to get Brexit done, and then there's other parties that are neither here nor there. Shouldn't really be. Uh, it shouldn't really have been a surprise. No, it wasn't. I mean, so the opinion polls I was writing about yeah. was a ten-point lead for the Conservatives. Yeah. So, but because opinion polls had got twenty-seventeen wrong, to the, the referendum wrong, yeah. people have thought, no, this is not going to happen. But and Labour. I mean, I think Zafar touched on it. Labour tried to move it away from being just Brexit. Talks tried to talk about the NHS. They tried to talk about the economy. And it just didn't happen because people, mm. like you said, wanted Brexit done. And that was the main thing in people's heads. And poll after poll, a lot of them were saying... A, a lot of a lot of white working class uh, Labour voters in the North switched for the first time to the Conservatives. And if you look at the videos, a lot of yeah. them saying this is the first ever time I voted Conservative. I mean, they asked them why. They said, because of Brexit. And there's no, no guarantee they're going to stay there. But yeah. I, I mean, opinion polls, and uh, you know, as you said, they've they've been proven, you know, wrong and wrong, you know, you know, several times, right? And even though the polls were actually showing the gap was actually decreasing as opposed to increasing, I mean, the majority is is just an, an unexplainable. What actually really baffles me, right, is you know, you know, the the card that's been played with the public, right? How can Brexit actually, you know, be more of an important issue than your NHS, for example? Right, because I, Labour obviously tried I, to play the other card, but yeah, it seems that the number one issue, categorically for for the public, has been has been Brexit. But how can Brexit, unless you've scared people to such an extent that they believe that Brexit is a is a panacea for every other problem that exists in society? Mm. But I think I think the pro- the problem is uh, Brexit was unfinished business, mm. had to be dealt with, right, and mm. then there was no nobody who was offering. A, a clean solution, effectively, right to to this uh, this problem, apart from the Conservatives, uh, and I think that that's what people responded to. They just wanted. I think there's a lot of people. If you look, if you look at the the results, uh, you know it, the the actual uh, referendum was very close. You would have thought there might have been a fifty fifty between Remainers and then Brexiteers, mm. but I think there was just so much fatigue at the end of the day. I think mm. I think they just wanted to get over and done with, and then mm. that's the mood of the country really. Mm. Uh, they wanted Brexit out of the way so they can focus on other things. The problem you've got right is with such a large majority and with with the with the, the pack of people they've got, and I use the term pack, mm. uh, they're gonna, it's, there's going to be more than just Brexit. And I think there's a lot of stuff right, that people aren't going to like. People who focus purely on Brexit, they're probably going to regret it afterwards, I think, because uh, these, these guys with the majority like that, they're going to they're gonna push through a lot of stuff, right, which is going to be quite unsavory, in my opinion. I mean, that's what they were saying about the referendum, too, when it came to Brexit, that if had people known what Brexit actually means, and they were given another opportunity to actually, you know, they now vote Brexit, they, you know, they, they, would, they wouldn't have voted for it, right? So it's almost the same that I, I actually share those sentiments, uh, Brother Zafar, that, you know, you know, how long is it going to take before people start regretting it when they see the actually ramifications and implications for other policies that are going to emerge uh, from from the same pack of people, to use your term, uh, Zafarbay. Indeed, indeed. Mm. No, I, th- I think. Um, well, I, I guess NHS is is the one that everyone is on uh, on, on people's uh, minds, and, and and I think you, you're going to see with a majority like that, you're going to see, I guess, uh, a different NHS by the time these guys are finished with it. To be honest, thing. Srihana, what are your thoughts in terms of implications of uh, of what we're seeing nationally? 
Um, I, I mean, yeah, let's look at the wider context, right? Uh, and then we'll, of, of course, come on to the regional side of it in terms of locally, right? So, I mean, what we're seeing in terms of what we saw in, in America not too long ago, what we're seeing in Europe, uh, what we're seeing here, right, in, 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 in Britain itself. I mean, Conservative and Brexit, it's just not just about coming out of the European Union, is it? It's, there's a lot more to it. It's a lot more profound than just coming out of the, the European Union. I mean, I think it's I think it's a really complicated mix of mix of things. You're right, mm. and it's not as simple as um, coming out of the European Union. But I think that discussion came or started in this country at a time um, where people were feeling low. It's a time of economic downturn. Historically, we know that times of economic downturn are mm. dangerous yeah. um, because those feelings are often exploited um, and. And this discussion around Brexit started then. But I, but I don't think, actually, moving forward, this is Boris Johnson has got an easy job on his hand. He may well have a majority. Yeah. But if we think back to the election campaign and we think about policies, um, I mean, I think all of us could name a number of Labour policies. And if we were asked to name um, Conservative policies... It's get Brexit done. That was the policy. That was the thing that he. But that's the policy that that's resonated the, that's with the, the public. That's the bit that he that's bet his house against. Yeah. Um, but he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. He's not going to be able to get Brexit done. It's not going to be something that's going to be over and done within a day. We know it's going to be a much more complicated issue mm. with that. And I wonder how long he will be able to hold people's patience on that. Mm. So I don't think it's. I think don't think he's home and dry. He's got a difficult job now of governing yeah. a country that is divided that is upset that is angry um and, I, and i'm and i'm interested to see what his his next moves are he's got a whole load of new mps coming in i'm interested to see who he appoints in his um cabinet um I, I can pretty much guess who they're going to be. <laughs> yes. it's, well, it's the pack. It's the pack. It's going to come well, back. Well, if, 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 if the if the if the unsavouries yeah. are removed, and I'm you know I I don't have mm. any qualms in naming them. So mm. people like the Reese Moggs, the Pretty Patels, that sends us a, a, a message. Um, and if they stay, then that also sends us. Well, I'd be surprised if they're going to be removed. I mean, they've been loyal loyalists. So why would he be removing uh, well, th those uh, loyalists? I, 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 I'd even say, in some ways, uh, Boris has just been a front man. Mm. The, the the backseat drivers are, full, are now fully in charge. Mm. And I think, you know, I don't think he's his own man, to be honest. But that's, that's an interesting point, because Dominic Cummings, people yes. don't really know this name it's too right. well, yeah. especially in disadvantaged communities mm. like ours. Dominic Cummings is a massive driving force between mm. a lot of Bor Bor Boris's behind a lot of Boris's strategy yeah. and the Whitehall machine the way he's the key messaging man he talked get Brexit done he was the one that kept saying three letter words just mm. keep it simple uh, you know three words keep it simple and people don't really know that guy and mm. if you read his essays mm. and what he believes and the way he wants to, his world view mm. I think you'd be a lot more worried so. right okay it's conservatives Brexit all right fine we've, we've gone on for almost 50 10 minutes uh, with regards to that subject matter mm. I, I, I want to turn the table to, to Labour Right, mm. what went wrong for Labour? Everything. Right, <laughs> apart from the fact that they did, they a didn't come with a very clean position on Brexit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's a. But B, they touched upon a lot of a lot of topics that yeah. you know, a lot lot of interests. Right, that you yeah, know yeah. Are, are very close to to people to, to the nation's heart. You know, NHS, you know, education, tuition, you know, international issues. Right. Uh, Surely these are you know you know on on a normal election day and 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 you know you know vote winners right but but w yeah. what went wrong for them on, on this particular occasion? Remember, this is I don't think people could just <laughs> yeah this was the catalyst but it was going on for a while in the 1980s one of the things I mentioned earlier before we started is that 
the working class, or especially the white working class voters, and what they were calling yesterday the Labour wall in the north, mm. that began to collapse. Sedgefield, Tony Blair's constituency, gone Tory, huge yeah. swings, right? So what happened Incredible. was, yeah. the interesting thing is the rise of the Brexit party and UKIP, before the Conservative Party moved more to the right, before yeah. Boris, yeah. they became kind of vessels through which a lot of that anger against globalisation and people feeling left behind felt. And then, having lost those voters anyway in the 1980s, then they became left behind. The Labour Party became more kind of... And this is constructive criticism. They became more focused on the urban middle classes and London and all of this. And then those voters then re-emerged after Brexit. And now through the UKIP and the Brexit Party and watching all of this and then... Now, they in the north all vote. A lot of the constituents of Labour hell fell to the Conservatives, and that Corbyn coming out and saying I'm going to be neutral on the referendum, mm. people were a bit confused. And you got to remember, one of the biggest mandates in British history: 17.4 million people voted to leave the European Union. Mm. If you do that, I mean, the people would say, "Oh, this is the interesting thing." People are saying, "Oh, but all he has to do is commit to you know the Owen Jones of the world." And a lot of Labour activists saying he needs to commit to remain mm. unequivocally, you know, remain. But yeah. then Lib Dems got annihilated battered mm. so that didn't work out did it oh. i think i think um, what bassett talks about here in terms of the white working class is really interesting because i think what has what certain groups certain parties have done really well is fragment the working class mm. so we're talking about the white working class as if we myself and, and bassett and brother zafford here are not working class or are not from working class families we are plainly working class but what's happened is there's been a discourse which has polarized us and made us oppositional to one another so you have the white working class and we are we, we are a problem for the white working class or we've, we've been positioned as a problem. Eastern European um, immigrants have been positioned as a problem mm. for, the, um, for the white working class and that's fragmented us. So yes, Labour has, has lost a lot mm. of the votes from that white working class yeah. and, and, I, and for me the most stark was um, Dennis Skinner. Yeah, and in. and those coal mining areas. Mm. I mean, to me, that's still astounding yeah. that those communities ha ha have have voted conservative. Mm. Um, but actually, amongst ethnic minority communities of I think sixty one of the sixty three most diverse communities, mm. Labour held on. Uh, okay, I'm, I was going to come on to that next, right? But before I do, let me let me go back to our listeners uh, because so far in the studio, you are listening to Brother Zafar. We've got Basit. Uh, we've got Sister Rihanna, and they're giving their perspectives, they're giving their analysis, they're giving their thoughts on the UK election results, right? But I want to hear from you, my listeners, right? What are your thoughts? Uh, what do you think went wrong? Uh, are you pleased with the election result, with the Conservative majority? Are you dissatisfied? And if you're dissatisfied, why, right? What is the, what are the implications of a Conservative majority? What, what you know? What, what do you think is going to happen next? Is it is it a positive, you know, future for the ethnic minority? For a lot, you know, or is there a doom and gloom up ahead, right? I don't want to make it too pessimistic, I don't want to sound too pessimistic, but I want to hear your thoughts, right? So get, get in touch 01582 481822. Let's see if we can get some live calls in the studio to my panelists with your thoughts, right? Uh, 0779481822 is the number for your social media messages, right? I want to go on to the next, you know, you, you just touch upon it, Sister Rihanna, right? Which was, you know, the, the, the Muslim war. Well, 
Mm. Right. I, I, I probably think it's a bit early in terms of looking at some of the analysis. I haven't been able to look at any of the analysis before I've come come into the studio, right? But you know, there were you know a number of you know messages going around and campaigns that there's a number of these marginal seats where Muslims actually can make you know material difference, right? As 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 that materialise at all, uh, brothers of yeah, I, I think before I come to that, I think call. the question of, of labour. We, we, we've got we've got a caller. Should we go? Should we go to straight yeah, okay. to the caller so first? Let, let's prioritise the caller. Yeah, uh, uh, brother Asif, I understand. Salam alaikum. Where, where are you calling from, brother? Waalaikum salam. I'm in Luton. It's, it's just a question for you or all of you, um, your panel. Yes. Is that uh, we have got uh, such a large um, Muslim community in? Luton, why we have failed to elect a Muslim um, MP oh, yes, so far it. in Luton? Okay. Could, could you could you put an? <laughs> that's a very good. That's a very good question. All right, all right. So we we will add that question on onto the agenda, brother yeah. Zafar. I interjected you. You answered. Yeah, so Thank yeah, you very I, much, brother Asif. We'll we'll answer that question shortly. The Jazakallah have a calling yeah. in. So I, I think one one thing that you have to remember. Uh, is that um, the, the real character, the real attraction of Corbyn, Jeremy Corbyn, yeah. wasn't allowed to to be, uh, I, I say, popularized within the country. He, he was a caring man, to be honest. He's mm. a caring man, and he has a, is a, a brilliant personality. But he was labelled as a anti-Semite, all sorts of different labels, mm. uh, and and everywhere you went, you know, that kind of story dogged him. Yeah. So he became a liability. Right for the Labour Party. That's one thing. Mm. The other thing is, is Labour went hard left. They started promising spending when there's nothing to spend, mm. right? And they wanted to to borrow billions, right? When you know the the problem is we're drowning in debt. So yeah. a lot of people, although they wanted. <clears throat> wanted a, a way out of the current financial crisis yeah. they just couldn't see that that, that sort of economic uh, policy being being viable these are two key things i think uh, which which didn't work in favor of labor yeah. uh, but i think in a lot of the cases i think what we said brexit was really the key thing but, and, and but you know I, I think there is something here also about the way that we are conditioned to see leaders yeah. we could see this um upper middle class Etonian in his expensive suit we, we can see those people as leaders we can't, we can't see, see we can't see somebody like Jeremy mm. Corbyn with his bicycle clips and mm. um, budget suit we, we can't see him as leaders mm. I mean it, it's no coincidence that you know most of our prime ministers have sh shared the same school. They've all went mm. gone to the same mm. school. It's no coincidence. And I think there is something about the way that you know that we ha we perceive leaders and what they look like, how they sound, how they talk. Mm. Um, there is well, there is something I think in that as well. Well, well, so, well, so well, well let me let me confirm that I've seen Boris Johnson in the city driving <laughs> riding around in his bike too. <laughs> by the way, but anyway, yeah. we've got two yeah. things that we haven't yeah, answered. First so, is the question. So, so that's one thing. The, the, the other thing is is uh, you're talking about the Muslim. Yeah, well, exactly, to, be, yeah. to be honest, the the Muslim vote has been successfully toxified uh, and is not successfully toxified. Yeah, I think in the sense that that no, none of the none of the candidates openly wanted to sort of hug the Muslims say give us our vote. <laughs> to that, that's uh, that, that's what I mean by it. Uh, and ultimately, I think we call, we talk about a Muslim vote, right? But there isn't a Muslim vote because Muslims are as as diverse as the community, to be honest, and they ain't going to come together, right, uh, on elections. If they can't come together, right, on either day, they going to come together on elections yeah <laughs> so let, let's be let's be let's be frank uh, and i think linking it to local story that's mm. very much what happened right mm. there were there were really good local candidates but because 
Labour did not could not risk the fact that there could be an ethnic person, a Muslim person associated in this particular case. I would say, right? I mean, there might be other factors as well. I think that, that that might have played. Other factors. What, what, what are you trying to say, uh, brothers of Right. So we've got. I'm trying to be blatant. Right. I've been blatant. Surely it's based on merit, isn't it? Surely. Well, no, I don't believe that at all. I I think I think there are some people who are making the decision right who who saw Luton as being too ethnic and having having ethnic candidates from Luton right would have been bad for business so to speak but right? I, mean, I think that was the reason for it remember, I mean Sarah Owen is from an ethnic minority background not albeit not a local kind of ethnic minority or a Muslim candidate as, as the gentleman on the phone raised but I think there's a wide issue with politics as well where it's not just in Luton but candidates are parachuted in um, to areas where they go now can I ask, do you want me to answer the man's question about yeah, what? Yeah, very quickly, we're going to go into Because basically, problem. you've got a problem where 47% of the Muslim community live in the 10 poorest local authority areas of the country. Mm. Yeah, You need cultural capital, you need political capital to be able to stand in elections. We don't have that. And that's mm. reflected in the media, and it's reflected in all walks of public life. And the second reason the Muslim candidate wasn't chosen is because you touched on, you, you mentioned the word merit. The way we perceive mm. merit, mm. like Rahana said, the way people talk, the way people act. Mm. Um, sorry to say, being the family member of MP probably helps you look like you've got more merit than others who come out from away from the bubble of the Westminster Being bubble. white mm. makes mm. you look yeah. like you are more I didn't want to put it like that, but you've well, put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we need, we need to start just calling a spade a spade. Mm. I mean, Bassett makes a point about Sarah Owen being an ethnic minority, and we don't want to take that away from her. But I find this whole BAME descriptor really problematic sometimes. Mm. Because if we are saying that Luton should have a BAME candidate to reflect its community... Um, what are we actually saying? Who are we talking mm. about? What does Luton look like? And what does that representation mean? Um, and this is no criticism of, of Sarah, no criticism of Rachel, but it's a, it's a criticism right. of the system. Okay, we're going to go into commercial break. Okay, we've got about 30 seconds. But when we come back, right, hopefully we will still have all the panellists in, in, in the studio. I want to start looking at looking forward, right? What, what, does, what, what does the next four years look like, right? What, what are some of the concerns that people you know, may have, you may, you may have, right, that you want to raise, you know, what is the next step in political activism for the community, right? Uh, elections are over, does that mean end of political activism? So let's, let's uh, and then let's look at also locally, regionally, what was the result, any surprises, and where do we go next, right? So uh, listeners, you are with me, Hafiz Shaban on Friday Night Live, we're going to go into a commercial break, we'll be back in a couple of minutes, until then, Assalamu alaikum. Asalaamu Alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban, on this Friday, the 13th of December evening, uh, 6.30, just gone past 6.30 this, this evening. And we are here in the studios of Inspire FM in Luton uh, discussing the UK election results. Uh, we've got a full uh, studio, mashallah. We've got a, a number of panelists and uh, we're, we're trying to get, you know, galvanized and get some cross-section opinions and thoughts on uh, what happened in the UK elections 
What does it mean for us as a, as a community? Uh, what, what does it mean for you as an individual? I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, Jazakallah here to brother Asif earlier who called in and asked a question with regards to Muslim local MP for Luton. I want to hear from some of the other sister stations that we're broadcasting live to, uh, namely Sheffield, Nottingham, uh, Peterborough, or any of the other surrounding cities that are currently tuned in listening to us live from Luton. I want to hear your thoughts with regards to the national elections. 01582481822 is the number here in the studio. Be brave enough and I promise you we are not as timid intimidating that we may, as, as we may sound, right? 01582481822 is the number here in the studio. Uh, 0779 0779481822 so you can actually send me an SMS or a WhatsApp message. Keep it clean. Uh, send me your thoughts on the UK election results and I'll see if I can get that across to our listenership and to our panellists, right? Uh, so we're going to resume the, uh, the discussion for another half an hour and then we'll move on to some of the other stories that we want to be covering on uh, tonight's show. Uh, but let's go back straight to my panellists, my experts here in the studio and uh, I want to move on with the discussion, right? So I want to move on to the discussion. The, re- the result is what it is, uh, right? So we got we to, gotta, you know, we got to live up to it. So we got we to, gotta, you know, bear it for, for, for whatever it means. I want to look at nationally and then I also want to look at regionally, locally for, for us. As a, as a local community, nationally, what does it mean, right, now with the Conservative majority? We, we've kind of touched upon it in terms of not only the Brexit you know, saga, but some of the other policies, some of the other areas that might be impacted specifically, right? There was a lot of questions that were being posed to some of the, the Conservative MPs that were on the media with regards to what does it mean for Islamophobia, what does it mean for some of the migrants, what does it mean for the NHS, you know, these were some of the, the pre-election conversations, right? What are some of the concerns that some of the ethnic minorities Minorities may have right. You know, we talked about this this gang that might come in, this unsavory gang. What, what does that mean? Unsavory gang. What what are the some of the other policies that we're alluding to, right? And then I also want to touch upon the other side of the the the, the discussion, which is the political activism and what is the the role of the community going forward, right? I think that's a very important aspect of it. We can't just remain silent when you've got all of these unsavory policies being you know brought in, being discussed. What is the role of the community going forward is that it you voted and then you go to sleep for, for four years so, so some of the areas so some of the questions that I want to want to get your thoughts in so I mean you know let, let's open it up let me go back to, let me go straight to to Barset because I went to you last previously so let me go to you first so would you start with whatever it takes your your line when it comes to and I'm passionate about this and unashamedly so that when it comes to Islamophobia yeah it's not. It's and people think and, I, and people think that it's exaggeration or you know we're safe in Luton, the Muslim community. Nothing's mm. going to happen here. You know, I was probably a couple of months old in 1991 when thousands of Muslims were m- murdered in Bosnia, mm. um, and people think never again. That wasn't that long ago, and it was in Europe. It yeah. wasn't in Iraq. It wasn't in Afghanistan. It was in Europe. Not that it makes it justifiable over, over there, but mm. people talk about Islamophobia and what does it hold for our communities. We can't, you know, one thing that I'm heartened by, by the messages I've had from all of my friends, and these are people who aren't invited, people in our community, I think, especially the older generation, and I'm going to have to say this, especially the ones that are politically involved, mm. think that the youngsters aren't involved. You always say, oh, no, they don't care. They do care. Mm. But that's not the same as them, just because they don't talk to you about it, they care, you're just not being able to, they're slightly alienated, but they talk about Iraq, they talk about what's happening in Palestine, they talk about what's happening with Islamophobia, and we've not been able, that's a failing Mm. of our community, all of us, to channel that 
in a positive way and to channel it politically and it's looking very very dangerous because you've got you've got to remember the people that congratulated Boris Johnson straight away were who? Modi? Mm. Trump? Yeah. Yeah, Netanyahu. So you've got a lot of populist leaders yeah. who have made Islamophobic remarks congratulating him and people think that it's like you said participatory election and every four or five years you wake up and you vote mm. but that's not good enough and we you know I remember seeing this quote somewhere and I read it when I was young that you know hope, hopelessness is a sin in Islam mm. you're not allowed to be hopeless Yeah, and that's not it's our duty to be hopeful and to continue to engage because you can't take a backseat and the other things you just don't have a choice anymore it's not yeah. whether you take a backseat or not either way you're going to get attacked when it comes to islamophobia mm. it's got nothing to do with the ideology i don't care how many times you pray so, you're so, gonna get so, so let's stay on islamophobia so it's it's not getting any easy it's not going away we know it's endemic in the conservatives there was going to be this kind of a you know re, you know uh, but not just because i want to say it's in the left as well it's not no agreed yeah. agreed yeah. exactly i mean take, take labor look at the historically yeah. whether it's yeah. jack straw whether is, it's yeah. you know a, a lot of these unsavory characters who've made a lot of those uh, similar remarks and comments right uh it's not here to go away i mean what are your thoughts and concerns with with regards to now you know with the conservatives with the, with the majority what are some of the implications possible implications of that i was going to go by the facts he promised a zero tolerance approach i know for the mm. fact that there were mps uh who shared posts by tommy robinson supported tommy robinson mm. they weren't kicked out there were councillors that called muslims scums they weren't kicked out they were let mm. back in so there's absolutely no way there's yeah. a zero tolerance approach so it exists mm. in actual fact mm. i'd say it's an active toleration of islamophobia and one of the things that i'm really disappointed by when i when i sat there watching the news outlets yesterday it was actually really upsetting that they're sitting there talking about oh you know did anti-semitism cost the labor party which is fine and that's a legitimate conversation to have yeah right? no one not one political journalist or political commentator asked and did islamophobia benefit the conservative party because yeah. we've seen throughout Hungary, I've seen it in yeah. Denmark, you've seen it across Europe, where Islamophobia is a vote winner, and not one of them had the courage to say, yeah. you know, is this Islamophobia a vote winner? Yeah, no, I think that's a good, that's a good point. Mm. Sister Rihanna, I want to bring you in. I'm, and I'm going to say that the reason why those journalists didn't have the courage to do that, because they have been complicit. Mm. In, in Islamophobia. Um, you know, when we talk about Boris Johnson and Islamophobia and violence that you've touched on, you know, um, that's that's one aspect of it. And actually, the very direct link between comments that Boris Johnson made and attacks on Muslim women went up by yeah. 365%, I think it was. Yeah. There's a very direct relationship. Mm. But also what we have seen increasingly is is institutionalized mm. Islamophobia. Yeah. So structural Islamophobia mm. that impacts on our ability to get jobs, our ability to um, get into um, Russell Group universities, our ability to just navigate our ways through lives successfully and in, in, in the same way that somebody who isn't Muslim would be able to. Um, so those are really legitimate concerns, but as Bassett said, this is not just about the Conservative Party. This is much wider. Yeah. Out in the in our nation at the moment, there is a tolerance for Islamophobia. Um, yes, there are lots of our friends who are reaching out and saying, "I'm really sorry about this," but actually, there are too many people who are talking about anti-racism. Um, you know, in the context of anti-Semitism but are happy to throw brown people under the bus. Right, we, we, we've got another caller, right? We've got, we've got Bilal Islamic and Bilal? Well, I'm Islam. Yeah, does that call for your call? Where, where are you calling from and, and what's your question? 
I'm Kony from Leeds and Slankum Basit Rahana Zafaidan. Oh no. <laughs> I guess you, you guys know you guys you guys know the color. All right, Bilal, what, what, what's your question? <laughs> it, it's not really a question. I just okay. I I well at the end of it I will have a question. But okay. I, I'm I'm listening to you guys and I I've kind of I'm hearing you all. But for me, this vote wasn't a UK vote. It was an English vote. And the reason why I say that is because Brexit for English people, okay, means they're going back to our old English imperial past. That's mm. the mentality, and that's what I feel this election was about. Labour did not talk about it because <laughs> it's not the mentality; they're not right-wing enough. But that's why you have an increase in racism. In the country, you have an increase in um, these nationalist ideologies, mm. um, and for us, as you know, and I think we, as Muslims, because I, I think it's important to talk about this, we kind of fall into this trap where we always tend to feel sorry for ourselves, and and we we feel that our voice isn't heard. Right, just just just, just just hold 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 on to that thought, Bilal. Uh, Abbasid, yep. what, what do you make of that? I mean, it, I, it yeah. seems like a fair comment. An English vote, yeah, right? You know what? I, yeah, going back to that imperial imperialist yeah, past, based upon you know some of those yeah, key yeah. things that have been debated and discussed about immigration and the immigrants taking the jobs and 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 the, and, and, and the likes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can see where Bilal's coming from. Well, well, one thing I will say though, that, that that's true. There is an element of, of mm. imperial past, imp yeah. nostalgia. Yeah. But people often forget Tony Benn. Yeah. Everyone remembers Tony Benn, massive yeah. yeah. People on the left, yeah. including Jeremy Corbyn, there was a left-wing case for Brexit. You cannot, for example, commit to nationalisation and be a member of a club that basically supports neoliberal capital and freedom of movement for who? White workers only. Mm -hmm. So in an interesting way, there was a left-wing critique called Lexit, which we didn't hear from, which I know Corbyn probably subscribed to, but he didn't want to say it too much because of divisions in his party. Yeah. There's that element as well, and people shouldn't forget that, that, that sovereignty element. For example, if you want to, people want to abolish VAT on school uniforms, the EU mm. striking that down for socialists, yeah. for committed yeah. socialists, they were against the EU as well. All right. All right. Bilal, so what, what do you think now with the conservative majority government? That, does that give you any uh, uh, any new uh, any reasons for optimism? The, the thing is, uh, more than anything, I'm I'm sad for communities as a whole. That that's what upset me more than anything. The, the result I kind of guessed was going to happen, mm. um, knowing how where people's mindsets are and the way people think and the people I've been speaking to. Um, but what's sad for me is where humanity is really yeah. where we are as people mm. and that's the bit that when I woke up this morning I, it was always there I always felt oh my god I know where this is going but when it, when the reality hits that's what saddened me yeah but, um, but, but Bilal are you surprised I mean especially when the politicians are driving the political discussion and discourse in a particular direction humanity just follows them right yeah, and that's what you're seeing. You're just seeing a. Uh, you're, just, you're just seeing a response. To, you know, to, to the agenda that's been driven, that the, the society's been driven to for the last couple of years, right? Absolutely. And remember, we have to remember. We even though we do have a voice, we are a very tiny minority of mm. this country. Right. Yeah. The majority are white middle class English. Yeah. That's what they are. And what's happened in the north? In my opinion, you can correct me, Basit and Rihanna, if I'm if I'm in, incorrect. But what's happened is, these are people who they've lived through austerity. There's no money about. 
There's yeah. no jobs. Yeah. And they have looked to the rich and powerful for an answer. Yeah. You know, you see it in old posters. Mm. You see it throughout history where the poor and destitute and d- desperate, they always look towards, just run towards where yeah. they feel their saviour. And that's yeah. what's happened. All right, and that's why these... All right, Bilal, thank you very much for your comment and, and your question, Zakhla. I really appreciate that, right? I, 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 we've got about 15 minutes left. I, mm. I think, Rihanna, you wanted to make a comment. Whilst you're making that comment, y- yeah, can so you also include you know, the role for the Muslims, yeah. political activism going forward, yeah, yeah. right? We're looking at, we're, we're describing what's, what's laying ahead for us. What does that mean for us as a community, right? And then I also want to pick up on, on locally. Where are we locally, guys? So, I mean, Billy made that point about um, the white working class and looking towards the affluent to sort of save them. Um, there may be an element of that, but I think I, I, sp- I spoke earlier about how the working class has been fragma- fragmented and how we have been sort of, you know, set as op- oppositional to each other yeah. when we're not. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, you know, what, what do we do as, as communities going forward? Bassett mm. made the point earlier that I think is really easy to forget. So you can often get criticism of the Muslim community. You did not do enough. We do not have the social, cultural, political, financial capital that other groups have. Mm. So we have to remember, by and large, Muslims are poor. Mm. If we look at Luton, the poorest wards yeah. are the ones with the highest ethnic minority communities, highest Muslim communities. But materially, so we, po- we poor, don't right? have that. Yeah. But okay. But he also made that point is that what we do have is faith. Yeah. Um, and but you we've know, got manpower too. Surely we, we've <laughs> got faith, and um, you know, and what I think is really important for us to do is really think about how we hold power to account going forward Mm. um we there are lots of legitimate concerns about what Mm. this government means for minorities like ours um and there is a question for our local political representatives to really step up to the mark now Mm. they won't they won't be surprised to hear me say it Mm. um others in this room won't be surprised to hear me say it but i think they have failed us in the past um so now is the time for our community to hold those people if you are choosing to stand to represent your community then do that Mm. it should not always be up to civil society representatives like me bassett or brother zafford to to, to do that hard work Mm. Mm. um Obviously, we can support that, we can lobby, but actually we need our political representatives to do a whole lot more than they're mm. doing now. All right, thank you. So I, I think to, 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 your, to your original question about um, with this mandate looking mm. ahead, uh, what, it, what is likely to happen, what is government like to do? So one of the comparisons that's been made on, on television to this, uh, you know, this result, to the previous results in the 80s, uh, to Thatcher's era, uh, Thatcher had a similar sort of majority, yeah. uh, and and effectively she kind of changed the entire landscape of Britain. Mm. Um, she basically, uh, you know, destroyed the unions, privatization, privatization mm. and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so I I wouldn't be surprised. Sort of the big things like that, uh, you know, th- this th- you know this new government will take on. And I think mm. Brexit is is probably only the start of that. I think mm. it's, it's going to be a lot more. Uh, a lot more, shall we say? In, you know, it's got to be trade focused. To be honest, yeah. right? If if it's away from from Europe, then it's going to be the colonies. It's going to be the Commonwealth. Mm. Uh, I think in, in the in the background, I will say that people disagree. Uh, it publicly, you know, there's a relationship with America mentioned, but you've got some big economies right within the the Commonwealth. You've got mm. India, you've got Canada, you know, you've got 
you know, places like New Zealand, Australia, etc. Cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a big grouping. So I think one of the things would be a focus in that direction, you know, trying to use the uh, quote unquote imperial connections basically yeah, to try and try and bring mm. Britain, I guess, out of this quagmire scene, to mm. be honest, at the moment. Yeah. So that, in some ways, that, that's a positive. Uh, I, I think, you know, Islamophobia has been used, right, to, to gain that particular a particular advantage. One of the first things that's going to happen, right, is, is uh, you know, in terms of the, the global relationships, uh, Jerusalem is going to be recognized as the capital of, of Israel, mm. right, and that's going to please a lot of people who are in power positions. Uh, and and I think you know they're the people people been backing sort of the you know this pack of people that are in power at the moment. Mm. Uh, so these are some of the things I think uh, I think are, are going to happen. And, right. uh, and and with such a big majority in parliament, uh, I think you know there's a lot of things that are going to change. And there's going to be a lot of change happening. Hopefully for the better, but you know you never know. You know, never know. All right, Jazakallah, Brother Zafar, for that. And, and I think with that, probably we'll, we'll conclude the, the, the national uh, yeah. dimensions mm -hmm. of, of the UK uh, elections, right? And uh, let, let's move on to some of our uh, regional uh, territories and, and, uh, and more closer to home in terms of Luton, at least. And if any of the other areas want to give any, any feedback from, from their areas specifically, then you know more than welcome to, to get your feedback. 015824818720779481822. Uh, coming to local in terms of uh, Luton, Bedfordshire, uh, brother Bassett, any surprises or is it, is it been the, the is it, has it been the same trend that uh, you know followed suit for the last couple of years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a safe Labour seats, aren't they? Mm. So whoever gets the safe parachuted in. Yeah. In this case, and you see delegates. But the, thi the, the, the interesting thing is about Luton is we've we Bilal spoke earlier about why we're class Brexit period. People forget Luton voted Leave. Yeah, I, I remember being in the polling station and one of the Asian guys ahead of me saying let's vote to leave to stop the immigrants coming in <laughs> exactly and clearly he was talking about this race to the bottom he was talking about <laughs> Eastern Europeans yes um, so people forget that that that's yeah. an interesting dynamic a lot of ethnic minorities yeah. voted to leave the European Union correct uh, whether we you know for whatever reason whether it's sovereignty whether it's immigration yeah uh, they voted to leave the European that needs to be taken into account locally the one thing I said earlier on I was heartened by the fact that a lot more people locally young people young women especially i don't think our community has done enough uh, mm. and they they are beginning to come forward but the one thing rihanna i've done this is slightly off topic but one of the things i've always been passionate about and people know that i've always spoken about is when it comes to our local politicians i'm sick and tired of seeing facebook selfies with the front hand pose with Kashmiri politicians who have nothing oh. to do with the people of Luton. Rahan spoke about child poverty. Luton's got one of the highest child poverty rates in the country. Pakistani and Bengali children have the highest child poverty rate, mm. right? They've not mentioned this really once. I, I, don't, I, I really don't understand. You talk about Kashmir, mm. no one told me about Kashmir. I had to go to university to find out about Kashmir, even though I'm from there. If you talk to mm. kids now about Kashmir, oh yeah, that place go on holiday for four weeks in the, mm. in the summer. Mm. They don't know about the armed force special power or what's happening in neighbouring Kashmir. Mm. So that kind of, you talked about moving forward, mm. I genuinely think that the way to move forward is by literally, and it sounds harsh, was getting rid of what I call these incompetent politicians, some of them in Luton, that basically are interested in photo opportunities, but not very, and where are they right now? Well, why aren't they talking about child poverty? Mm. Mm. I think just pick pick up on what you said about immigration, uh, and and this Brexit voter saying, "Oh, it'll stop immigration." One thing I'm positive about, whether it's relationships with Europe or whether it's a relationship with the Commonwealth, immigration is not going to stop. 
Mm. Right, Britain needs people from from, from uh, as far as feel as possible, right, to actually deliver the economy, uh, and then those people who dream of the fact that they can have their their nineteen twenty nine sort of picturesque sort of Britain, right, uh, with no color color people of color at all, I think they're going to be mistaken because there's going to be a lot more people right, who are going to come to you to the UK because they are needed to deliver the economy. But, and something's got to give, hasn't it? So yeah. the the Conservatives have made commitments around increases in numbers of doctors and increasing uh, numbers of of nurses. Mm, mm. Um, They've cut the nursing bursary. They are introducing, as um, Mrs Patel liked to say, this Australian points-based system um, where actually doctors won't qualify to come over because they won't meet the income threshold. So something is going to have to give Mm. um, and it'll be borders. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. We've got about three three minutes left, right? So when I, when I was talking about about local uh, results, okay, no surprise but the, there. Uh, but but lo- lo- locally, brother, right? I think I think uh, primarily it's the local council, right, who's, mm. who's in charge of delivering prosperity locally. Right. Uh, but also, and, and, and but also but can impact on, you know, uh, can be involved in the decision-making process in terms of who represents us nationally as well. Let's not forget yeah, that. Na- na- national can play a part in bringing, bringing sort of uh, Prosper- income, income yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but it does, it does do us well. It does do the committee harm if they're sitting on the opposite side of the benches in Parliament, right? And you're mm-hmm. having to go and talk to somebody who is in government from the opposite party, trying to persuade them to invest in in a. So I think. But it shouldn't be the case. But I suspect you know that does play a part. Mm. All right, in- interesting. Well, what about some of the, you know, last week we we had the hustings here, and you know, number of issues were raised with these politicians. I mean, is it a time to 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 get them to commit uh, to to hold on to those commitments that they've made a couple of weeks ago? I mean, I remember every question that literally, you know, you folks were asking them, they were committing to everything. Yeah, that, you know, ready for the for the votes. But, no, this, they're going to turn around and say, uh, well, we're not in government, we're in opposition. So, yeah. oh, <laughs> so can, can we be optimistic? Uh, Sister Rihanna, in terms of holding them to some of the, some of these, I mean, some of the, some of these issues were quite serious issues, right? I know we're discussing, you know, bosses has been raising, you know, about local issues, and you know, we've had these councillors here on a number of occasions, and it's always about the cuts, and it's about cuts and cuts again, right? Uh, but when it comes to Kashmir, and when it comes to some of these other issues. Any, any any hope there that we can you know we can use those platforms to actually further these uh, particular and, and issues? Are you optimistic at all? Neither Bassett nor, nor I or uh, Brother mm. Zafar are saying Kashmir is not an important issue. Mm. No one yeah, is saying yeah, it's yeah. not an important yeah, issue. Yeah. Um, but what we're saying is that there are lots and lots of other things that are affecting your community very directly, yeah. including children going to sleep hungry mm. in the house next door to you. Yeah. Um, and you know that we have a really direct responsibility for that, and you have taken a commitment mm. by taking our votes to. to respond to that um i i i mean i feel more despondent i think sometimes about our politics locally than i do about nationally um i feel more despondent about that Mm. um but you know i i think i i think we've got a growing younger population younger than me um Mm. who are more particular (laughs) 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 who are who are more particularly uh more politically um active who are gonna be holding people to account more who want more who are going to expect more um and who are going to give that challenge in so so there is there is um reason to be optimistic good all right we're going to wrap up the this uh, whole discussion uh basit 30 seconds to to summarize uh your 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 thoughts uh 
pessimistic I, outlook, but do not, whatever you do, lose hope. I, I thought you said care. earlier that Islam doesn't allow you to be No, no, pessimistic. I said it's a pessimistic outlook, but outlook. don't lose hope and, and, oh, and carry on, and oh, carry on working. Can I finish with this <laughs> proverb, right? Very, very good. Turkish <laughs> proverb that's doing the rounds, right, in all the WhatsApp groups, yeah. My take on it, I think, which is that... Everybody's already had it. Yeah, in well, I know, I, I know, but this is... The forest has just voted for the axe, right, because the axe convinced the forest, right, that it's part of the forest because the handle is made out of wood. Oh. <laughs> all right, fantastic. Okay. On, on that proverb, uh, I want to I want to thank all my panelists, uh, Sister Rihanna, starting from my right, Sister Rihanna, Jazakallah for coming into the studio, brother Basit. Fantastic, nice having your fantastic insight into the political analysis and and, and trends. And also, uh, brother Zafar, Jazakallah Heron for for yourself also for sharing your thoughts on the UK ele- election results. And and folks, that that's it in terms of the story on uh, discussing UK election results. Uh, uh, we 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 have to move on. And inshallah we've come towards the end of the first hour uh, so the next hour when we, when we come back we're going to be moving on on to a couple of other stories we're going to be discussing what's hap- been happening in India uh, and the state of uh, rape cases right in, in India it's, it's almost a, an epidemic right and there's been a number of other high profile stories that we're going to be covering and we're going to be discussing with a, a member of parliament who's going to be joining us from the Indian uh, parliament so we're going to be discussing that and of course also we're going to try to pick up a number of other stories that have been making the lines this week including uh, the Shukri Abdi family uh, story uh, of the tragic case of the girl who uh, was found drowned in Bury so we're going to come back in a couple of minutes don't go away until then assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh assalamu alaikum this is Atif Nawaz and you're listening to an Inspire FM podcast Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban, uh, live from the Inspire FM studios on 105.1 FM. Uh, 01582481822 is the number here in the studio, 0779481822 for your SMS WhatsApp messages. Of course, we have been discussing the UK uh, elections results uh, in the first hour of the show, uh, and we had uh, fantastic panelists uh, and a number of experts. Uh, you know, callers, callerins, uh, who have given their, who have shared in their thoughts and, and their opinions on the UK election results. Uh, we're going to be moving on to a number of other stories uh, in this hour of the show, uh, and I've also still got in the studio, mashallah, brother uh, Zafar, who's going to help me through this uh, conversation in the next hour. We're going to be discussing um, a story from India, right? That's caught my attention this week, and that's uh, with regards to the a notorious example, another notorious story of of a rape, right? <coughs> that's happened in India. Now, I mean, it's it's not the fact that it doesn't happen anywhere else in in the world, but it's the number of rapes that have really caught the, the world's attention and and uh, you know the the savageness of, of, of some of these stories that have been emerging from India over the last couple of weeks if not months right so we're going to be covering one of those stories uh, very shortly and we're going to try to get through to uh, one of the member of parliaments from India who's going to be giving his views and his thoughts on the on this particular story uh, we are, we're going to also get an update from uh, one of the uh, stories that we've covered a few months ago and that is the story of a schoolgirl Muslim schoolgirl uh, Shukri Abdi 
who was found drowned in Bury. We're going to get an update from one of the activists with regards to that particular story, what's been happening, uh, what's happened at their try, uh, or at least the pre-inquest hearing, and what, what's the update from there. Uh, I will also try to cover another story, uh, even if, if partially, maybe we can discuss it here in the studio, and that's, of course, what's been happening in The Hague, and that's the Rohingya Muslims, and, uh, of course, the, exa- the, the story of uh, a very famous individual who's been in The Hague, uh, been asked to you know, give an account of her government uh, and the case of the Rohingya Muslims. So that's what we're going to be trying to discuss over the next hour. But I think we've got the, the Member of Parliament from India uh, live on the phone and it's very late in India. So let's go directly to Dr. Udit Raj. Uh, Dr. Udit Raj, uh, thank you very much for joining us on Friday Night Live this evening. Thank you very much. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I'm hearing you. Ah, fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Dr. Udit Raj, I want to go straight into this story that's, of course, made headlines globally. Uh, and, of, of course, it's not the first time that we've heard such a, st- a story. Some of the headlines have been quite horrific in terms of rape after rape, but nothing ever changes in India. Uh, tell me, uh, Dr. Udit Raj, what, what's been happening in India when it comes to these uh, high-profile rape stories, uh, Dr. Udit? It's a social problem as well as the government failure, both. And uh, when the justice is not delivered in time, then justice is denied. Mm. Many of the cases, uh, it takes years together to punish the perpetrators. For example, Nervia case, that was a very high-profile case in 2011, Mm. And uh, so far they have not been executed, though they have been sentenced for uh, life. Mm. But yet, judicial process is very delayed. That but, is also one of the reasons. Yes, but, but Dr. The, the, the judicial process... So, sorry, sorry, Doctor. The, the judicial process is there to actually, you know, treat a problem in, in in that society, right? When someone breaks the law. But what is the endemic that is creating this crisis in India in the first place? I mean, surely you can't be the, uh, proud of the way India is being perceived, the way it's treating its women. I mean, some of the headlines are quite horrific, right? I mean, India is currently, you know, considered one of the most dangerous places for women. Right, you know, you know, these headlines are you know are saying that you know animals are treated better than than women are in India, right? I mean, if you look at the statistics on on India at the moment, you got a rape in India every twenty minutes. I mean, we can't blame all of this on the judiciary. What what is the cause for for this epidemic in 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 India? See, the number of regions ones that uh, population is one point three billion dollars, and if you uh, uh, make permutation combination then number is not very high mm-hmm. however it's a very sad that uh, uh, it's a rampant mm-hmm. uh, the rape uh, uh, violence on women is rampant uh, and of course uh, rape is also rampant uh, i find one reason is that uh, education lack of education is also leading to this menace Mm. And secondly, segregation of gender, like men and women, they live separately most of the time. So that also is a reason. And the third, that of course, in school colleges, what the students are taught about syllabus, curricula, 
but they are not given education about how to live life and ethicals and of course they should also be students should be taught that it is very natural what happened it has become a very very uh, secretive and uh, i should say that a sort of uh, uh, in uh, it, uh, mystery so it has mm. a, it's a mystery the boys keep on staring at me uh, girls and of course as i said that outlet that the course yes the policing system is uh, also responsible the way they make up the case yeah the cases are bound to be failed and then of course at the level of advocacy yeah. also hmm. uh, there are a lot of lacunas because of that that uh, culprits gets scot free and of course judicial delayed yeah but, but so, and of course finally the indian newspapers and televisions are most of them are very very irresponsible mm. they will blow up the story out of proportion of course uh, rapes and violence happen in other societies also but there the press has some moral mm. responsibility but here they are irresponsible okay so it looks apparently that of course uh, over, uh, all all over the country all over the india rape is happening but it's not like mm. that mm. Mm. I, i i think i think part part of the from the discussion we've had this good analysis right of the different tiers different levels of complexity uh but i think the last comment is is a uh, uh, i think uh, the correspondent has actually hinted on is the fact that uh, it's a numbers thing just because the numbers which are visible uh therefore it's not such a big problem i think that's mm. it's it's a it's a matter of priority i think if it was a national priority if it was made a national priority i think it would be a different story and also i think there's there's another element uh recently there was a story of of uh, a woman who was uh who was basically raped uh and uh before she could give evidence to yeah. uh ev- evidence to uh, uh to the courts she was actually burnt by the those people she, who she were, was on her way to the, to the on court and, and mm. she was burnt this, this right. happening on now that is in uttar pradesh yeah. no that's right this has happened over there mm. and yeah. before all, before this also the and the kosham uh, incident had happened is that where the in you know, mla member mm. of legislative assembly was involved Yeah. Yes. and uh, the witness of sister was a witness and uh, her car got collided mm. in a way that uh, he was uh, uh, two people died on the spot and mm. of course he somehow survived yeah. so killing the witness sometime uh, uh, they get emboldened and uh, up is now uh, more uh, for this yeah mm. and, and I, i think part, part of the reason so that there is actually p- political sort of uh, uh how should we say the will mm. uh, in some ways uh i think it's probably not there mm. and if there was a political will like there is in, in other matters within yeah. india then i think this problem will be solved but the other thing also is the fact that there's there isn't a fear of the law mm. i think this is part of the, the reason there is no there's an impunity in which you have 
mob is basically lynching people right for mm. Mm. uh you know for for being of a particular uh, grouping right yeah. in india yeah. uh impure and th- and there's a there is kind of like a feeling that that people can get away with it and i think if they can think they can get away with it uh they will carry on doing what they're doing to be honest yeah i i mean mr Udid, i i take your points right but i mean the perpetrators right uh, of you know violence and you know th- you know these sexual assaults against women are not just the uneducated these are not people who are uneducated yeah, a lot of these people right, yeah. who are actually perpetrators are cross you know e- even i mean on on monday for example a court is due to rule on rape charges involving a legislator from mr modi's party right yeah, okay so in addition to that you've got you know gandhi versus uh, narendra modi who are talking about making india but you know now they you know of course he's made this infamous you know rape in india you know a, a popular because you know gandhi said look you know narendra modi talk, he's talking about making india but in reality what we're finding is is the rape in india so we're finding it you know across different stratas of society so it's not about just education it's, it's about you know people who are edu- educated professionals is the attitude towards women right uh, and and that's my point i mean the some of the statistics are quite horrifying i i get the point of you know you got 1.3 or whatever billion uh you know civilian uh, citizens in in india and therefore proportionately you might argue that the that the figures are not as high but the reality is every 20 minutes you've got a woman that has been raped in in india and and it's all about the attitudes and then even the stories are quite horrific i mean it's not the stories that you hear you have rapes in, in you know in it's europe gang rapes is gang rapes you have rapes in, in europe america is notorious for that but you don't get stories like a 27 year old this is you know, recently 27 year old female vet gang raped murdered in hyderabad and then her, her body was later set on fire horrific and and the chaps who were the four chaps who were then held accountable right alleged victim of the, you know the, the, these four gang members were then later shot by the police Mm. Right so it's almost like out of a bollywood you know movie itself some of the stories that you we're seeing but my question to you dr odit is you know you've got the traditional asian values right where you know the way you you know you hold the women in in fairly high esteem is this is are we seeing something here with regards to you know the the liberalization and, and the kind of a very liberal attitudes towards women an influencing factor in, in any of this what are your thoughts on that dr odit See, only difference is that now uh, India is a very, very much in our life. Mm. They pick up the story and yeah, exactly yeah. they highlight it, they post it. But in ancient India, even seventy years ago, even a few decades ago, and the woman marrying uh, in lower caste mm. used to be purified by so-called upper caste. so it was very much rampant comparing that culture whatever it is or domination of the upper caste the rapes and the violence against women today happening is nothing i just say that there are two villages near to jodhpur jodhpur is a city in rajasthan rajasthan is a state in india where the marriage party had come in the village after 100 years mm. that means that all girls were killed for 100 years well wow. so that's why ratio ratio of female is just around 900 uh, 800 850 like that mm. per 1000 uh, men well so well i didn't know that women are treated as uh, 
as an object. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, uh, and men are being given preference, boys are given preference. So they are objectified, and some of the guys, they look at them as they, they are chicken, or they are the go, they mm. are the, uh, meat to eat. Mm. So, so, and of course, repression is also one of the reasons. Major repression. People are obsessed. I, I just said that because of the segregation, segregation of the sexes, both the sex, and of course, lack of education, and of course, uh, availability also. In ancient mm. India, what happened? There used to be undeclared legalization of uh, sex. Yeah. So what happened that the people used to <coughs> used to uh, uh, meet their requirements, but now that is also not there. Mm. So, so what happened? They go to other countries even. So it's a social problem as well. Of course, no. law and order is the main thing. Political problem is there, but social problem is also there. No, no, I I hear that, and I, and I understand that, Doctor Ajit Raj, where you're coming from. But you know, let, let, let's widen this conversation slightly. You know, you got on the one hand, you know, India projecting itself as you know the world's largest democracy. You know, you've got you know India projecting itself for its technology and for its advancement in in technology, and, and it's open to business, one of the biggest you know growing economies. In, in in the in the world, and you've got all of those kind of facets, you know, you, you, and you and you're selling your your tourism, incredible India to 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 the world, but then you've got a, a real problem, endemic problem. I mean, not only when it comes to women, but when it comes to these minorities too. I mean, look, let's take the northeast India at the moment, which is gripped by protests over the citizen, citizenship bill, right, uh, which excludes Muslims at the moment, and you, you we've seen what's been happening in, in there, where of course uh, the legislation has been fast tracked citizenship claims from refugees right from the neighboring countries but not if they're if they're muslims right so there's very clear discrimination there against you know your indigenous right muslim community you've seen kashmir what's happening in kashmir and then you know you've got you've got minorities in india who feel constantly under threat you know i've got fellow indian muslim friends and they feel under threat you know living in india so you're not doing a very good job to protect these vulnerable, you know, communities in India. At least that, that's what you know, you, about, you know. Forget about protecting them when the constitution has been amended. Article 14 of the Indian constitution that mm. says that no citizen can be discriminated on the account of caste, religion, birth, and sex. But unfortunately, Parliament, <clears throat> those who are having group majority, they amended the constitution. They said that the Muslim from neighboring, neighboring countries cannot uh, come back here, become a citizen. Mm. So what happened? Hindus, uh, Sikh, and uh, Christian Buddhists are welcome. So it's against the spirit of the constitution. You know, from this citation, you can understand that what is the position of, of Muslims in this country. Yeah. Muslims are difficultly horrified, and uh, uh, here, unfortunately, the, the worst role is played by television and newspapers, most of them, and all the time, Hindu, Muslim, Hindu, Muslim, Pakistan, Iran, Khan, then of course, uh, infiltration, Muslims' uh, population is increasing, threat to the Hinduism. See, all, uh, all the time these uh, 
Christians are the head disciples. Yeah, but, so but Muslims are definitely under uh, under under threat. They are fear. They are being lynched. They are being attacked. Mm. Uh, there is no. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean my, my point here isn't just uh, Muslims, right? I mean, I, I was reading your your profile earlier, uh, Doctor Udit Raj. Right? I mean, if if you've you know, yourself, it says it says you know convert from Hinduism to to Buddhism, right? Uh, 2001. I don't know. I don't know if that's factually correct or not. And you can you can, you know feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, right? But I mean, any minority. I mean, the, the current right wing, you know, uh, you know, Hindu what you know what national and uh, Hindu nationalism in India. It's 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 a real problem for you know being able to cope with with its minorities and and, and look after its minorities. And and uh, you know you're, we're seeing this again and again. And I'm just wondering whether some of that is also a cause for you know the 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 very backward attitudes towards women. See, um, what happened, I will not say that it is a uh, struggle between minorities and uh, majority, or you can say Muslim and Hindu. It has to be rectified. Muslims are also doing a lot of mistakes here. Mm. The moment they also use the terminology Hindu, mm. then they, uh, they, they, they polarize entirety, 5% population. So what happened instead of calling Hindus, they should be called so-called upper caste who are attacking Muslims. Right. And uh, they, they are also exploiting uh, Dalits. They also attack on, uh, on Dalits. So mm. what happened the so-called upper caste, they are doing this thing. They think that uh, they are they are Brahminism. Upper, uh, that uh, so-called uh, upper caste hegemony is threatened by the uh, existence right. of Muslims and Dalits. Yeah. So they want to man- uh, regain their position as they used to be there in the past, that they were so-called upper caste and they owned every everything, resources, education, etc. They want to con- uh, control again. Okay, so, so Mr. Udit... Yeah, fine. I, I okay. So let's let's come back to this 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 subject of of, of women then in, in India. What what are the practical steps that then are, that are being taken, you know, by the BJP uh, that of course is currently in government, right? Uh, and, and you know you know how is it being addressed, you know, practically on the, on the ground to address this issue, right? Because you know, you know, of course the Indian National Congress they're having a go at the BJP. BJP are having a go at the International Congress because you know everyone is trying to take advantage of political point scoring but in reality you know w- you know w- what are the practical steps that have been taken to safeguard women in india see i'll uh, suggest certain measures one is that uh, it should be internationalized and uh, uh, i'm not afraid to say that uh, uh, this issue should be globalized international uh, uh, label uh, organization and you they should work secondly that india needs reform and uh, feminism which is liking and uh, third i would say that uh, uh, discrimination is embedded in religion and culture also and fourth that uh, uh, some or men are being preferred here the kind of society we have here so what is uh, needed here is a major reform 
not only major reform in judiciary and policing system but also in culture mm. like in chile i was just watching that a few days back now it's spreading all over there the demon had a series of reform reformation reforms and changes like in france sometime bra burning sometime yeah. of course getting the their names uh, uh, of course speed named after human yes. 50% and of course like in the late siege uh, in paris yeah such kind of okay. moments are needed in the country reforms uh, are needed in india I, I get that and and the very last uh, last question uh, 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 dr ud I, i know it's very late for you and i really appreciate you you know staying with us and and to talk with us on this particular very important subject matter the bollywood culture of india right D- do you think that's been a negative uh, impact right on on the status of yes, women in india yeah, or, or a positive contributor very uh, pertinent question was that they played a very negative role mm. and they uh, uh, depicted women in in movies all throughout hmm. that uh, women raped women had only two choice either she uh, becomes mad or she commits suicide hmm. whereas women is not at fault they should have depicted hmm. in other way around the person who uh, inflicted the violence on women or rape sex on women hmm. oh, men should have been man should have been shown in the worst light but what happened no that that, that that's true doctor no that that's true doctor udit right but also in terms of you know you know the the way that the women are sold in the bollywood culture right uh, she's just a sexual commodity she's the lap dancer she's no, the pole dancer i i disagree i disagree with it okay i disagree i disagree with because you disagree with what doctor udit you disagree with the way that bollywood uh, culture I is treated i i understand i understand the you say that in exposure of the body etc Mm. that is not the region because what happened that look at the western countries mm. and scandinavian countries right. whatever they want mm. the wear the they dress up right so uh, 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 that is not the region okay the region is that the it uh, movies have been portraying women that uh, they are objectified and they are meek they are survived they cannot uh, they uh, physically they are not strong and right men are superior and okay. uh, if uh, if uh, their virginity uh, is uh, broken then no choice except to die or become a suicide yes. so that way uh, okay uh, bollywood okay. has has uh, has a negative uh, okay. role or negative has played a very negative role otherwise i don't think that okay uh, if you say that of uh, course uh, uh they are in bikini or short dresses that cannot okay. be done if they are freedom they are choice okay and why should then uh, um, men uh object it why should men uh get tempted what right that, 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 they also get tempted okay thank thank you very much dr udit raj we have to go into commercial break thank you very much for joining us friday night live on inspire fm i know it's very late for you but we really appreciate your time thank you very much dr udit raj
Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much. Okay, listen, that was Dr. Udit Raj from India, Member of Parliament uh, for the Indian National Congress, joining us all the way from India. Fantastic to hear his views. Uh, and we were discussing, of course, the status of women in India uh, and some of the notorious cases of rape stories that have been breaking and making headlines in India. I mean, quite horrific, to be honest with you. Uh, whilst the figures might not be quite there in terms of when it comes to uh, America or some of the other Western states, but I mean, in terms of the, the the, the details are, are very, very horrific. And anyway, we, we were getting his view. We're going to go into a commercial break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. When, we, when we're back, we'll try to couple, cover a number of other news stories uh, with uh, Brother Zafar and some of our guests. Until then, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live, or well back, come back, welcome back to the last half an hour of Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban, on this Friday, the 13th of December evening. Uh, now it's just gone past 7:30, uh, and we are, of course, broadcasting live from Luton on 105.1 FM, 0158248182 is the number here in the studio. And of course, it's zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two is the number for your social media messages, your SMS, WhatsApp messages. Uh, last half an hour, we're going to be covering a, a couple of stories, inshallah, that uh, caught my attention. We've got Brother Zafar still here in the studio. I think, Brother Zafar, you had a bit of a quiet last half an hour. Alhamdulillah, you're doing a very good job, to be no, honest. No, in, in fact, you did ask a couple of questions. I just remembered. I, I, I did. I just gave my opinion right on, on yeah. the, the India. To be honest, I think the you're doing a fairly good job of that. And I think it's quite a technical thing, to be honest, for half an hour to discuss. Uh, I think uh, the key thing that came out for me was was mm. there appears to be a lack of will at the top level to be able mm. to deal with a situation like this. Mm. I think he did make a good point about the media hyping things up. Mm. But that should never be an excuse, right, not to... Not to it, at least investigate and deal with properly mm. right, cases like this because some of the cases are horrific. I, I, I read a story right where you know the, the, you know babies are being raped right there's yeah, a, the stories on, on the BBC was reported mm. there's a case of that a woman who, who kind of was, was kind of like killed burnt on her way to um, mm. she touched on there's another story last week on, in BBC where a young child uh, was effectively groomed by parents and then used as a, effectively a prostitute in the house, Disgusting. right? And, and the social services managed to sort of uh, yeah. get hold of her. So yeah. there's a lot of that stuff. Some of it is poverty related. You can't yes. sort of, you know, you yeah. can't judge a whole society by actions of a few. And I think, mm. you know, we mustn't fall into that trap. Um, but what we can question is the fact that is there a will to deal with it? And is yeah, there? Yeah, I, I, and of course, I, mean, I agree, bad apples in, in every society, right? Yeah. So you yeah. have these problems in every society. It's not just, you know, specifically in India but I tell you you know the, the wider issue that I wanted to raise and it's great team by the team uh, great great work by the team that you know we've lined up you know members of parliament from India and yeah, we've been yeah, able to speak yeah. to them fantastic result there but it's the wider thing isn't it it's not just the women it's 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 a trend of stories with, with to, to do with minorities, right? Whether it's the Muslims, I'm not even talking about the Muslims. It's even the Christians, it's even the Buddhists, right? Uh, you know, and it's like it's everything. The, the, the level of intolerance. 
right? That, I think you hit the head. Has yeah, just hit. exceeded. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's crazy. It's that, it's, it's that, right? it's, it's, and then on the other hand, you're trying to project to the world that you're the world's greatest democracy and you're open to tourism, you're open to IT, you're open to investment. You're, you're, you, you can't have both. No, I, I think I think you you got you got a point there, mm. uh, but again, I think you have got to be a little bit careful, right? But not not sort of judging the whole society, yeah. right, in, in the whole thing. But but you're quite right mm. uh, in a sense that there is there is a bit of a, and I think it's it's the false empowerment. I think that's the key thing, mm. false empowerment, right, by gang mentality. I would say this this mm. is the the philosophy of this current government. Right? The current mm. government is, yeah, we we are men, we are Hindus, we are superior, yeah. we're gonna do what we want to. Do mm. and that kind of, that kind of has all sorts of connotations, right? Because mm. once you have, you know, it's like it's like a it's like a genie, right? Yeah. You have this intolerance genie. Once it's out of the bottle, mm. you you want it to just behave in a particular way, mm. right? And target a particular community, but you don't know in what yeah. way it's going to evolve. Yeah, okay. And I think that's that's I think fairly decent, a good point. Uh, I mean, we're going we're to move on to our next story, but I mean, uh, the very last question. I want I want to open up the, this this point to my to my listeners. Uh, you know, I asked uh, the, the member of parliament uh, is, is, is a member of the National Indian Congress party right uh, so I asked him about the, the Bollywood culture and whether that was having a negative impact on the way on, on the attitudes or, or towards women in Indian society because it used to be very very conservative but the, the, the shift in, in the Bollywood culture has been quite remarkable and I was wondering whether there, there's actual evidence to suggest you know a direct correlation between the, the, the shift of the, the mainstream Bollywood culture and then the impact on, on the women but of course he uh, he he disagreed in terms of in terms of mm. that link, right? Uh, and then obviously cited, you know, the UK and and Europe and, and West as an example that look, people wear whatever they like. They have their, their media culture. You don't necessarily have a, a similar stories, but I think I, I beg to dis- disagree because if you look at the statistics, there's a direct correlation. But anyway, we'll we'll come on to that to, to that later. Oh one five eight two four eight one eight double two. If you want to give your thoughts and opinions on that particular story, zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two. But as I said, we are going to move on because we have got. Maz Salim on on the on the line, and I don't want to make uh, Maz uh, you know wait for too long. Uh, Maz Salim is an activist, and we're we're talking about the the Shukriya Abdi uh, story, right? So this is quite a tragic story that we covered on Inspire FM. Uh, I think I think if if it wasn't a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, a uh, tragic case of a drowned Bury schoolgirl, uh, Shukriya Abdi. Uh, you know, some of our listeners might remember that particular story, but uh, of course, there's been some progress in that story. Let's speak to Maz Salim. Salam alaikum and welcome to uh, Friday Night Live, uh, Maz. Salam alaikum, brother. Jazakallah for, for joining joining us this evening, uh, sister. Uh, I understand that you might uh, you're babysitting, so there might be some background noise. Anyway, I, I can't yeah. hear anything at the moment, so so not to worry. Well, why don't you just quickly, you know, give us a quick recap in terms of the story to some of our listeners, just so that so that the, our listeners are, you know, they, 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 their memories are you know freshened up a bit. Okay, um, so Shukri Abdi uh, was a 12-year-old Somali refugee and she was found drowned in the River Irwell in Berry in Lancashire on the 28th of June. Oh. Four of the children were with her at the river before her death. Um, so, you know, the police automatically, um, Greater Manchester Police automatically, like within um, within 10 hours of the body being discovered, uh, they prematurely closed the case by saying it was just a tragic accident. Um, but Shukri's family and friends believe there was more to that because, uh, you know, there was stories 
from her own mother that she was being bullied at school and mm. you know everyone in the school knew she couldn't swim and her friends also said you know they the they the, the alleged perpetrators they knew who they were and you know there was no way she could go to the river Erwa, which was like we went there we walked from the school to the river Erwa. it was like a 45 minute walk, walk. Yeah, so there's well. no way she could go there Mm. on her own choice but what mm. the what the reports were in the paper it was a hot day she's a visible muslim in a hijab yeah. um and they were basically saying oh she decided it was hot and she jumped in the water took her clothes off and jumped in the water oh, i mean as soon as i heard this story i mm. was in london you know i'm the daughter of mohammed salim who was murdered by nazis in birmingham right. and um i've been campaigning against racism and islamophobia for the past six years and my father's terrorist murder right. so for me i know injustice firsthand mm. and how we have to fight sure. the justice system for you know even today yeah, yeah. Not, like, the truth around our case mm. but for me it was like this doesn't sound right so you know i used my initiative like i came to Borea state with the family for a week and found out the truth and then you know launched protests outside the school for broad oak uh school uh, which right. was where shukri abu was attending uh to um basically tell us the truth because um, Board Oak is notoriously known for bullying. Um, it's been investigated by the school uh, the governing board. Um, a teacher there committed suicide because she has allegedly been bullied by teachers in 2013. Wow. So there's a lot of wow. issues. So the school today has now, mm. since the death of uh, Shukri, which was uh, in June, end of June, they've now changed the n name of the school to Hazelwood yeah. High School. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. change the uniform. So there's a lot of speculation what what happened. So right. you know, it, right. for me, it was like we need to find out what happened to this child. All right, for fantastic. Thank you, thank you very much for 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 that for that recap and that and that, and that you know articulated uh, summary, uh, uh, Maz, uh, on on this particular case. All right. So so what's been happening recently? Because I understand that there's a, of course been a, a kind of a pre inquest hearing at the the coroner's. Yes. Yeah, so the, on Monday we uh, attended uh, Rochdale Coroner's Court and uh, basically, um, you know, we want to know exactly what went, what went on. So we are not looking to blame the police or the school. We want mm. the truth of what happened on the day of Shukri's death. Yeah. And that truth can only come from the four children who were with Shukri. Mm. So we want to know why the police prematurely closed the case uh, down, you know, within 10 hours. Uh, of the body being discovered and why there were no suspicious uh, circumstances. So yeah. The senior coroner is now considering claims that bullying and coercion played a role in the death of her Shukri Abdi. And um, I mean, this is um, good, you know, good that, you know, so now our focus is to get these four child, one, two, three, and four, uh, to be interviewed, obviously, you know, they're children, so it's, you know, there's a lot of sensitivity around it and via yeah. video. So um, this is basically, uh, you know, the senior coroner, Joanne Kersey, said she would consider whether the four were medically fit to give evidence by video link about the events leading up to Shukri's death. And she's also considering whether claims that Shukri was a victim of bullying and coercion by the other children will form part of the full inquest, which is scheduled to take place in late February. Yeah. So she's due to make the ruling on the scope of the inquest in seven days' time. Right, um, right. And obviously the children can't be named, um, yeah. so they're being referred to child one, two, three, and four. Sure, okay, fine. So she sets out the kind of parameters of the of the, the coroner's kind of investigation, and then that gets that happens 
uh, between what January and February, and then the, the, a bit of a con yeah, we get the conclusion. The, the yeah. date you've given in mid February because mm. um, the video link um, they're looking at doing it at Manchester's Manchester right. Coroner's Court because there's video links there. If they were if they are gonna interview the children, then that's probably the better court to do it at. Yeah, and, and are the police also now involved, and, and are they also now yes, doing, involved, you know, giving yeah. some some further consideration? What's been the involvement of the police now that the coroner is looking at this uh, with with a bit more detail? Well, the IOPC are investigating the police for how they handle the investigation because the family believe because of their race, uh, they you know they went dealt with. Uh, say, right. for example, if the child was white. Yeah. You know, uh, they feel like they weren't given the respect and uh, the proper investigation that they deserved. So the police have been investigated by the IOPC, and that's yet the findings that are yet to be um, in. A, I'm not sure when the date is for the findings of the police uh, IOPC investigation. No. But the police were interested parties at the um, preliminary inquest review, which you know, um, which shows that you know they. Uh, now are keen um, to look in, into this case. So, you know, either way, that looks like they're taking this case more seriously now. Right. Okay. Excellent. Uh, and how, how is the, the the family coping with the with the, with this trauma? Actually, you know, being played out, you know, via the tribunals, and then of course, you know, it, you know all of this detail, you know, un, unraveling. I mean, it's, it's surely it's going to be quite strenuous on, on on the family. Yeah, of course, Alhamdulillah. Mm. You know, whenever we see the mothers, uh, the mother of Shukri Zamzam, you know, she's a very young mother. She has four younger children to take care of. So. Mm. So, um, you know, the Justice for Shukri campaign has helped to rehouse them and move away from the area because that was bringing her a lot of anxiety and stress. Right, right. And the fact that she knew what happened at this school, you know, she couldn't, they couldn't move on. So, Alhamdulillah, they've been moved now. So, right. they're in a much, um, you know, better place and, and the children have just started school. So, mm. you know, they can kind of move forward a little bit. But, you know, when I saw it, I spent the last uh, few days with the mother, and you know it's very painful for me and Shabnam. Uh, Shabnam Kalsum is there, is, is from the Justice for Shukri campaign as well, wow. and she's been yeah. uh, building the relations with the family, and now we're quite, you know, very close to them now. And you know, just to see her pain, because when she sees her, she knows why we're mm. there, and it brings back memories. And as, as mm. a mother, as a, as a as a fairly young mother, I feel like. She can't express how she feels in front of her young children because yeah, yeah, you know yeah. she doesn't want he doesn't want them to see what they go what she's mm. going through. But when we've been with her, you know the pain and uh, the stress of it all, and the fact that when she starts thinking about you know because she she doesn't want to see pictures of, of of her daughter because it really brings it all to mm. reality. Yeah. So we we do our best not to not to have any pictures or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, so, so that she can see. But mm. you know, she's very strong. Alhamdulillah. May Allah give her the strength, and I mean, you know, the rest of the family the strength to yeah. to stay strong throughout yeah. this uh, case of injustice. Absolutely, because I guess what what matters most to them is is getting justice and getting those those questions answered. Yeah, uh, they yeah. want to know what happened to their mm. daughter. Then mm. you know, a visible Muslim child, you know, yeah. come on, is not gonna. Go jump in the water on a hot day and say, "I'm going to swim." Yeah, and, yeah. and whereas you know they know their child can't swim, so mm. you know they want to know what happened. What happened when she left school to the River Irwell? You know the four children that were with Shukri at that time. 
you know, need to be re reinterviewed, and mm. obviously certain questions need to be put to them, so you know they can really find out the truth of what happened. Mm. Even when you said reinterviewed, I don't think they were formally interviewed even on the, on the no, first time I mean, around, right? Been, I mean, they've been interviewed. Um, they've had an interview with the police, mm. um, so so in that respect, you know, they right. need to be <clears throat> interviewed now by you know the legal team to right. be put the right questions to to them. Okay, all right, great. Th- thanks for for the update. But but just before I, l- I let you go, Mazan, I, I realize that you are obviously mul- multitasking at the moment. But uh, Mashallah, you just gave a, a quick, a brief introduction to yourself right at the beginning, Mashallah. You've become quite an activist, uh, of course, because of your own personal experiences. So so, what else are you actually involved in, um, as yourself? Um, you know, for me, it's like. I campaign on the anti-war politics and, you know, anti-racism and Islamophobia. Right. You know, I'm currently writing a, a piece for the Islamic Human Rights Commission about, you know, systemic Islamophobia within institutions. So, mm. you know, raising awareness and, you know, fighting, uh, you know, you've got now Boris Johnson, as you've seen. Uh, I, I was going to ask, I was gonna ask you your thoughts on uh, on the Conservative majority government. We, we, we've already been discussing uh, it for an hour, so we don't want to... Shocking, shocking, mm, shocking. Mm, mm. And, you know, the fact that this will, this is now for Muslims, immigrants, refugees, you know, we're going to we're gonna seriously feel what the, what this government has in store for us. And, you know, people I've spoken to today, even I, the Uber driver I had today was a, a far young fireman and he was expressing his views and mm. he was saying, you know, it's, you know, some people, you know, the working class people that voted for the Conservative Party really are going to shock themselves in the fort and within yeah. a year they'll realise mm. what big mistakes have made. I, I, I think that was the analysis of Brothers of who sitting right opposite the, me. The, 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 the uh, forests have voted in an axia because they think the the handle is made out of wood, so they're yeah. they're they're sort of kith and kin. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, there you go. Uh, yeah, and I think I think we're going to need that. You know, that, that's the reality of uh, of society and life at the moment. We're going to need strong activists like yourself Maz and a, a lot of other members of, of our society no absolutely that, that that is exactly the point that I was gonna make a lot more from our community from our society to to you know get on their feet and, and you know get their voices heard because it's gonna become a lot more difficult yeah go on sorry Maz it's, it's so like right now people need to fix up they need to speak out they need to challenge they need to start mobilizing because honestly now for Muslims it's gonna be really really treacherous and you know if we're going to look at laws within the conservative party especially yeah. you know <clears throat> already with the prevent strategy and the counter-terrorism laws they're going mm. to get much worse yeah. and much strict and, and and we're going to take the brunt of it so i think young people need to wake up mm. uh, well they are most are but i do generally think they need to start mobilizing speaking out and forming um themselves in a way because we need to fight this straight on all right, fantastic. Maslin, thank you very much for joining us this evening and giving the update on uh, the Shukri Abdi uh, case. Thank you very much, Maz. Jazakallah. Jazakallah. Right, listeners, that was Maz uh, giving us the update on, uh, you know, uh, another unfortunately tragic story. Uh, but there are far too many questions there that have not been answered. And I can totally, totally understand the plight 
of that of, of that family uh, of the family of Shukri Abdi and you know we've got Maz uh, Salim uh, you know and, and a number of other individuals who are helping out that particular family you know even our local uh, mashallah Atik Malik is also involved he's the, the official uh, solicitor for the family uh, he's not been available to provide any comments this evening uh, due to some commitments in London but uh, again there's a statement from him to say the concern was that this would be one big tick one big tick box exercise and that nothing really was going to be considered but the fact that we now have had a preliminary inquest review shows that the coroner or the coroner's court is looking into this detail and will consider all of the evidence properly so that's a positive note from Atik uh, on on this particular case that yep it's going to be given uh, the significance and the importance that it deserves police are now going to look at it they're going to try to answer those questions and let's hope inshallah that justice prevails right inshallah we've got we've got a far, about five minutes left brothers of about five oh, minutes five left minutes. and also five minutes left for our listeners if they want to get any last minute thoughts into us in the studio on 582 481 uh, and as Maz said, you know, we need to become a lot more of an active uh, community and, and, and a society, especially over the next coming years. And what is uh, what dawns upon us from a majority conservative government. All right. Uh, but what else is caught uh, your attention, Brother Zafar, right this week? Right. And uh, just before you tell me what's caught your attention, uh, I don't know if you've uh, followed the proceedings in The Hague this week. Right. I, th- I read read an article that was distributed, I guess, on WhatsApp. So yeah, okay. So I mean, that that's been uh, you know, of, of course, I mean, the, the plight of the Rohingya Muslims, right? That is well known to a lot of us, if not all of us, right? Uh, what's been happening and and the plight of those Muslims is is been quite incredible. Uh, and then you've got. Ung Sang Sui, right? Uh, who's obviously this, uh, you know, uh, symbol of of human rights, and uh, you know, her campaigning for for many many years under house arrest against the military, uh, you know, r- uh, you know, ruling of uh, you know Myanmar, and um, uh, but then you know she comes to power and she she's been completely almost you know people silent. Com- not only silent but the, you know complicit. Mm-hmm. Uh, silence is complicity, right? Uh, and then she goes to the Hague and she's there. Defending the the same military regime, that right? That she fought against, yeah. That she fought against, right? And now she comes into power. Where what's happened to all of those human rights principles? What's happened to to all mm. of this? And and I haven't followed the, the detail, but some of the stuff that came out in, in, was incredible. How she's trying to justify, you mm. know, and, and you know, but the position of, of of a government to say no, no, it's these Muslims fighting the Muslims. It's not quite what you're making it out to be. There's a lot more to it than than meets the eye. Incredible so stuff. Thing isn't it? I think that when when it comes to sort of um, nationalistic, um, mm. I, I guess, attitudes, yeah. um, the principles go out the door, don't they? It's, mm. it's the group mentality. It's uh, you, me and my people, right? Mm. And then for them, anything goes. I think what was tragic was the fact that when she left the country, there was there was basically people effectively seeing her off, well-wishing her, right? Mm. And then telling her to, mm. you know, uh, keep safe and all sorts of different things. And yeah. Uh, it's quite tragic, really. There's so, no, so there's not the, the human, the fact, the fact that there are other human human beings affected, right? I think mm. further from, yeah. So I think generally it's quite depressing that that wherever you go, mm. um, you know, careful humanity is 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 not seen 
as a priority anymore. It's, 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 de- it's been depleted, you know? Uh, w- w- yeah. Whereas, yeah, exactly, other things are taking priority. But but Gambia's legal team are the ones who are, are who are heading up this particular case in, in, in The Hague, right? Apparently, uh, you know, Gambia, on, on behalf of the ICE, you know, the Organization of the Islamic Countries, I'm, I, mean, yes, I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, how, this I this is really working. tragic. This is really tragic. It was actually the, uh, is it OIC yeah. which bought the case? But the bigger countries didn't want to take a lead, right? Just yeah. in case, right, that their relationship is upset, yeah. right? With uh, so they they allowed little Gambia, which is a yeah. tiny nation, yeah. uh, to actually lead on it, uh, which quite, is quite it's, it's, quite it's un- unacceptable. You know, you got you got countries like Turkey and mm. Saudi Arabia and Pakistan, and oh, Pakistan would never do kind of like this. But actually. but 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 then again, I mean, nothing's new. Two weeks ago, uh, last week it was the hustings. The week before, we were discussing, uh, you know, uh, the Uyghur Muslims. Right, yeah, and we've yeah. been covering that on in, on Friday Night Live for for a number of weeks. You know, almost across that that journey, and, and the stories as as they broke. And a lot the Uyghur, you know, where are the Muslim countries? Where's Turkey? Where's Pakistan? Where is, you know, very Turkey, cordial you know, relations like, with, with China? Earth Ghoul series, right? I don't know mm. if you watch it or not. I'm, I'm but, but a claim, massive it, fan. They claim they, they claim inheritance from that region, mm. right? Uh, you know, and, and how do they reconcile? You know, how do they reconcile the, the acceptance of the fact that they're mm. they're kind of like. Uh, you know, the um, historical relatives, in, or cousins, or whatever. In, I've been in, treated in, that, in like incredi- that. Incredible, incredible. But uh, also, if you look, if you look at the way the the way you look at the way people of Hong Kong are treated by the Chinese, right? Mm. Look how, you know, how uh, much of dissent was allowed in Hong Kong is allowed in Hong Kong. People are just barricading. There's people with with crossbows, right, firing at police. Mm. Yet you never, you never got the same response, right? As mm. you get in Uyghur, where people are being systematically being, being yeah, to- but, but tortured even, and even, even there, I think that the, the threshold was was really being pushed to, to to the limits. But but they know the whole world is watching, uh, and, and you know they they they've got you know their hands and feet shackled in terms of what. But, but, you know, but to thing what is, you know, you know what? You know, wait, to be honest, you know, uh, all of this rings hollow, right? Because the Chinese have taken the uh, the the ideas and practices right of Britain and America, the Prevent and mm. Patriotism Acts yeah, and all yeah. all that mm. to to spy on on mm. Muslims, mm. right? And they've taken it to the nth degree, Correct. right? They've gone the, the extra mile to actually not just target specific individuals or mm. people who think they are at risk. They're just going for whole communities. Mm. Uh, and, and that that's... Uh, Almost at an industrial scale of what they're doing here locally. Mm. But the thing is, you know, you know, the communists did that. Communists mm. tried that and then they almost wiped out Islam right in the communist yeah. lands. Yeah. But it's those land, very lands you see Islam is thriving. It's, it's thriving, thriving again, absolutely. Inshallah. Absolutely, so, so you inshallah. Can, you, you can try. They can try whatever they like, huh? but they can't. Allah's plan. Allah's plans are bigger. Subhanallah. Absolutely. And, and Islam continues. I mean, uh, abs- I was going to discuss the Mongols, but we don't have time to discuss the Mongols uh, because we, we've come towards the end of the show. So, so uh, brothers, Jazakallah Hair for for joining mm-hmm. me uh, in, in in the studio, and uh, also want to reach out to our listeners, Jazakallah Hair for tuning in. Those of you that that called in, Jazakallah Hair for your calls. And as I say, if something ca- has caught your attention in terms of a news story, uh, then you know, feel free to share your thoughts with us on Friday Night Live we, we always like to uh, hear from our listeners here in terms of what you think is a, is a story worthy of covering you know sending your suggestions and we might pick it up next week inshallah uh, until next week it's, it is Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh from me Hafi Shaban and Brother Zafar until next week Assalamu Alaikum Thank you for listening to our podcast 
We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at Inspire FM Luton.